Welcome back to the Knicks Rewind Podcast. I'm Johnny Kirvin. I'm going to start saying our names, by the way, before each show, so we like so you guys can actually know who's who. I'm Owen Smith. And today we've got kind of a fun episode. We got this idea from the Knicks Wall Podcast, and we thought it was interesting, so we thought we might do a different season, but it's revisiting a recent Knicks team. They did the 2013 Knicks, Knicks tape season. We're going to revisit the 2016-2017 Knicks squad with Derek Rose, Joakim Noah, and talk about what went wrong and go through the season. And it should be kind of interesting and go down memory lane a couple of years ago and how disappointing this team was. So mm-hmm. obviously, go check out the Twitter at Knicks Rewind Pod. Uh, check out the website, KnicksRewind.com, and we will get into this in just a minute. How you been? It's a rainy Sunday. Um, not much exactly. going on, obviously. Virus still going around. You trapped inside. What you been doing? I am trapped inside. It is pouring. Been inside this whole weekend. Um, so, yeah, not much going on. Not much going on on my front. I actually I had a good time watching the the NFL draft. Yeah, that was a nice that was little great. distraction. And we have episode three and four of um, the Last Dance tonight. Yeah, it was, it's been a nice um, weekend. I, I watched a lot of draft stuff and Joe Douglas. What a masterpiece! What a master show he put on. My boy. Yeah, My boy. really popped off. No, I mean I'm I'm very excited about the Jets' future. I, yeah. I watched like I never do this. I watched like the fourth and fifth rounds of the draft yeah like, i never did that but i did it because yeah I was else to like do. you know i mean I, I think part of it is quarantine but also part of it is like i'm excited about the yeah jet in we a ha- way that i yeah. haven't done in a while we haven't done a pod since the first two episodes of the last dance what did you i know you liked them but what did you like about them it was just really good content i mean like i found myself at the end of the second episode so at like 11 o'clock, I was like, I could keep watching it yeah. for four more hours or right. whatever. I feel like that's how everyone felt. It was really good. The production was great. We're not going to talk about this for yeah. too long because we're, we got to get into this segment. But I really enjoyed it. I'm excited for episodes three and four tonight about Dennis Rodman. Or at least one of them is about Dennis Rodman. I think a lot of it's about Dennis Rodman. I like the flip-flop between the 98 season and kind of what led up to it. Yeah, I liked um, how they went back and forth instead of just starting and then like the first four episodes being the beginning of his career, but they go back and forth. And I thought that was interesting. No, like they tie everything back to what's going on. I right. really was interested. I didn't know a lot of the stuff about Pippin, mm-hmm, um, like his backstory and whatnot. So that was that was really interesting. Can you believe the, uh, what was it, seven-year, $18 million contract? I mean, I guess guys get scared, you know? Yeah. Um, you don't see a lot of that happen today because everything is guaranteed now, and I don't really know how contracts worked back then, but, like, he took a seven-year, $18 million deal. That's, like, two, he was the sixth-highest-paid player on that team. Yeah. I know everyone knows how ludicrous that is, but I can't really wrap my head around Yeah, it's crazy. But he actually earned more in his career than Jordan did. He did? What, how? He, um, he got a big deal. The Trailblazers gave him yeah, a really big okay, contract once he left the Bulls. Yeah. Anyway, let's get into this. So 
like we said, I got this idea from the Knicks wall. Shout out to them. Go check out their show. And they did the 2013 season. So we're going to do three years later, 2016-2017 season. And we'll just start with the summer leading also, up. To, or let's start with the year before that. Real quick, though, I want to yeah. interrupt go ahead. for some exciting Knicks Rewind news. Oh, yeah, go ahead. It's Wednesday. We have uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Mike Vorkanov coming on the podcast. Um, so we're both very excited about that. So make sure you tune in. Yeah, that's um, going to be we'll a really ask, exciting episode. We're both big fans of, of his athletic work. So yeah. it's going to be cool to talk to him and you know get his takes on this offseason and next year and what happened this past season. So we're going to do our research, get some good questions for him, and hopefully you guys will tune into that one. Anyway, can we get started now? Yes, we can. Let's do it. So the 2015-16 season was obviously disappointing. It was KP's rookie year, and we were in the rebuilding phase. Like We didn't expect to win any games that year. Yeah, we didn't, and then I feel like we started 20-20, and 20. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really encouraging. You know, KP, Hyatt, Mello was playing really well. We had a lot of like pretty good veterans, uh, like a flawless and our favorite Robin Lopez. <laughs> and, you know, it was, it was a good year, um, to start. And then of course, and then it fell off. Fell right. apart. We fired Derek Fisher, Rambis coached the rest of the year. And I don't remember much of the end of that year. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember Rambis being a horrible coach and 32 and 50. Yeah. It was trash. And then I think we should start by what happened immediately following the season, which was the hiring of Jeff. Hornacek, yeah. As our head coach. I I was a fan of the hiring, I think. I mean, it was a while ago. I probably didn't think much of it, but I was a fan of the hiring, and I thought, you know, Hornacek, veteran in the league, and what was he doing before he came to the Knicks? He was the head coach of the Suns. Right, and he did good and things with the Suns. they overachieved. One year, they overachieved a ton. Right. So that was one, exciting, like, and like maybe we can yeah. overachieve this next year. You know, obviously with KP a year older and then Melo still there. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, but obviously that didn't really work out. Well, we'll let's start with the offseason, the 2016 offseason, where we started off with a blockbuster deal where we got Derek Rose and Justin Holiday and a 2017 second round pick, which ended up being Damian Dotson. And then mm-hmm. we had we gave up Robin Lopez, Jose Calderon and Jerry and Grant. Oh, I forgot about Jose. Yeah, Jose. Right. Do you remember when Jerry and Grant was like going to be our point guard of the future? Yeah, that was my brother's, who was like nine at the time, his favorite player. Dang. Yeah, but um, only, only lasted a year. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I was excited for him. But then, obviously, I remember exactly where I was. I was um in the car with my dad, and I was taking a nap, and I woke up, and my dad was like, "Johnny, guess what?" I was like, well, we just traded for Derrick Rose. I remember being in shock for like the next two hours of that long car ride. No, I mean, I was at Pier 2 in New York playing basketball with our friend, Mr. Caleb Pitney. Um, and I just remember like checking my phone and seeing that we had traded for D. Rose. And I went absolutely bonkers. Yeah. I was like, holy shit, holy shit. Like we have Derrick Rose. And I jump. I remember I was like jumping over things. I was crazy excited because I was. I was also like, we didn't give up that much. You no, know? it was a good. Like, it, was, it looked like a really good trade. Rejuvenate for his yeah. career here. Um, it's all gonna go right. Um, and I might add, before that, we didn't have any first round picks in the draft. Mm-hmm. 
So like we weren't going to get better if we didn't make moves in the off season. No, yeah, and it was weird because I didn't expect us to trade for a player like Rose because the narr- narrative that had been pushed was that a player like that couldn't fit in the triangle. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember the era when everything was just about the triangle, the triangle, the triangle. Um, and that wasn't the case with Rose. So the addition of Hornacek and the trade for Rose made me think that we were kind of headed on a new path. Right. And moving away from the triangle and Phil would step out a little bit. But obviously, spoiler alert, obviously not. that did not happen. But yeah. then we signed Joakim Noah for a four-year 72 million dollars and immediately we knew that was a lot of money but the excitement kind of that kind of flew over our heads because it was so exciting that yeah i was like we have cap space yeah it's all good don't worry you know i wasn't (laughs) worried about it yeah and like like oh my god like that's new york grit right there like that's gonna be so fun derrick rose mellow kp joking noah and um yeah, so the summer going into that season was so exciting. And yeah. New York was kind of booming. And then, do you remember we almost signed Derek, or not Derek Rose, Dwayne Wade? Yeah, there were rumors. I don't know how close that was. And then he went was. back to Chicago. Yeah, I don't know how close that was to actually happening either. But he went back to Chicago. Mm-hmm. And then we signed Courtney Lee to a four-year $50 million contract, which was big. Mm-hmm. Um. And then we made some other little signings, Brandon Jennings, who I was pretty excited about. And then we signed all-time Nick Mendaugas Kuzminskis um, to enter the squad. Yeah. And then I guess we kept on, and I was just so excited about the season. I had never been this excited about a season. We were kind of expected to contend. Um, people were talking about us as a team that could win like 45, 50 games. Yeah. And so that know, was we all had, for me. Yeah. We picked up guys like Courtney Lee, too, who was my boy. And um, yeah. just like guys who could help win basketball games. And, you know, Mello was all for it, too. He said on June 27th, I feel a bit more confident now that we actually made the move, made the decision. It shows me they're looking at now and not the future just yet. The time is now. We have to capitalize on what we have right now. And so he yeah. was excited about the season, and I was like, that got all Knicks fans excited. So mm-hmm. it was only good things heading into the 2016-2017 season until the first game. But so we There was a little bit before the season that I remember pretty clearly. Okay, yeah, keep going. So I remember before the first game, we had training camp, and one important Nick could not be a part of it, because he was dealing with a rape charge. Yeah. And that was Derek Rose. Um, so Rose missed almost all of the preseason, all of training camp, and basically just like came in and suited up for our first game against the Cavs. Um, right, right. Which we got killed in. Um, right. But so, that yeah. was, I mean, that, we could give that a pass because, you know, that team had LeBron and Kyrie and mm-hmm. all of that and Kevin Love. So. And they wound up winning the championship. That no, 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 that was the year before. Yeah, wait. Yeah, it was the year before, because that year was when Rose came out with the super team quote after the they signed KD, right, the Warriors right. signed KD, and Rose was like, "They're saying us and Golden State were the super teams." Yeah, and then we just we you know Rose said the thing about the super teams, and I think the hype got kind of through the roof. Um, yeah, but then we had a great game against Memphis. The second, our first home game. I remember that really. Clearly. I remember Joe Keem grabbing a rebound and hyping the crowd up, and then Derrick Rose had a nice crossover for a finish that got the crowd 
yeah. going crazy. And KP had a nice yam. Yeah, I and that, that was I remember um, that being a really fun game. And the Grizzlies were a legit team, so it's not like we beat a scrub team. They obviously had Mike Conley, Marcus All, and all those guys. So mm-hmm. it's obviously a fun game, and that's really what got the excitement going. And you know, over time we what we um we started fourteen and ten. After we started fourteen the and ten. And I'd say the biggest storyline through those first 24 games was probably the emergence of the kid, the unicorn. Yeah, because that's when he really took he took off those those first 24. I remember he had 35 against the Pistons Mm -hmm. and it just went absolutely nuts. Just hitting every shot, like turnarounds. And I was like, oh my God, this is everything I've ever imagined for this kid and more. And he looked incredible right and then um, in in so porzingis like yeah. fashion it kind of slowed down as the season went on and we took a lot Got of losses a couple times yeah and we went we went through a brutal stretch um of losses um, yeah i remember it was looking up for a while because we got to that 14 and 10 and we were pretty winnable game very winnable game in phoenix and I think everything kind of just went wrong. Um, right. And we, we were at that. I think Celt- KP had like 34 in that game. Right. And then fast forwarding to December a bit, you and I were both at the Christmas game against Boston where Marcus Smart, I think, hit like a dagger three. Hit a dagger three, yeah. And that took the soul out of that team for a bit. And that's when things went downhill. Like when you look back at this season, yeah. you look at that Christmas game when. You're like, oh shit! That's when this whole season fell apart because December and January was a shit show. Mm-hmm. I think another important stat to look at that season, that Celtics team. I think was 17 and 13 going into that game, and we were 17 and 14 mm-hmm. going into that game. And I think that Celtics team went on to win like 55 games. Yeah, and we won like 31 or something. Right. So these were two teams that were in pretty even places. And the Knicks were a possession away from winning that game. Um, and I remember we, we were down 8-10 with three, four minutes left, and we went on this crazy comeback. Like, Melo hit a three, Chris Stapps hit a three, and then Chris Stapps hit this crazy and one. Um, and then Melo hit a layup to tie it. And Smart, who I think was, at the time, like the worst three-point shooter in the league, drilled the three. Of hits a three. The Life goes out of the garden. Yeah. yeah, and then that was the game. And, like, up to that point, like, you look at the stats and, you know, Mello was averaging 23, KP was averaging over 20 heading into December, or by the end of December. Mm-hmm. Rose was playing well, putting up like 17, 16. Joakim never really found a rhythm. Uh, but every time he grabbed a rebound, he screamed. Yeah, and he so got the, and it's just a, <laughs> it's just a funny guy. <laughs> And my boy Brandon Jennings was putting up like seven a game. I love Brandon Jennings. I like for like periods. He had games he had like thirty five. I know. He he like he went, went off one game against like the Cavs and almost brought us back. And we had Kuz and the Garden was chanting Kuz and we had Sasha Vujacic and Kyle O'Quinn and Billy Hernan Gomez. And you, like you look at this roster and you realistically tell yourself, This team has no depth. Right? It has no depth and it's you know, hard to win mm. without depth, especially in this league now. But it's a fun team. Like, you got no, the crowd chanting coups. You got Joakim Noah screaming. You got a young dude and Billy Hernan Gomez being exciting. Euro kid who's Porzingis' yeah. friend. 
Sasha Vujicic is just kind of a meme. Yeah. Vujicic was bad. I just remember Vujicic being really, really bad. Yeah, he was bad. Um, Kuz, though, Kuz had some games, and I thought Kuz was going to be a player. Kuz Um, shot 40% from three. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, on less than two attempts per game. But... Yeah. um, Still did his thing. Anyway, let's go on to probably the weirdest part of this season. I don't. Do you remember what month it was? The Derrick Rose incident. I want to say January. Sounds right. So just before the game, Derrick Rose just went MIA, or he never came came to the game. Never came to the garden and did not tell anyone. And didn't tell anyone. Didn't tell Hornacek. Didn't tell Phil. Didn't tell any teammates. Nobody knew where he was. Nobody. He didn't tell anyone. And that was like kind of scary kind of weird you haven't seen anything like that before so it's just it was interesting do you remember who we were playing that night i think it was the pelicans okay um and we were playing the pelicans and rose just went awol and it's just incredibly stupid on his part like how hard is it to just send a text to Phil be like i'm out for personal reasons or tonight even like text mellow yeah and be like hey I got to go check on somebody. I can't make tonight's game. And that's totally fine. Totally cool. Which is, you know, if you have to miss a game for personal reasons, there's no harm in that. But when you don't tell anybody and people are left wondering throughout the whole game, where the hell you are, it's odd. Yeah, exactly. And that's where like chemistry issues became a thing, I think. And things started to go downhill. And, you know, that was just a weird, weird time. And around this time too, there was some mellow and Phil beef going on, and uh, and a uh, mellow and Hornacek beef. Hold yeah. on, my cat is meowing at the door. She wants to come back in, so let me let me go grab the cat real quick. I'll be right back. All right, sorry about that. She's good, big boy, soaking wet now. But uh, all right, so we were saying how there was some beef between front office, mellow, and head coaching, and I I remember um. Jeff Hornacek just making some bad comments like post game. He said once, like, I don't think our guys aren't trying. Maybe we're just not capable of it. I don't know. After losing to the Magic, like, pretty badly. And he was just basically saying, like, translated, like, we're just not capable and we're not talented enough to win these games. Yeah. So it's just like, that's just not the type of thing you say to a team who's trying to build chemistry. And I don't know what he was thinking. My cat just walked all over my computer. I got to get this sorted out. <laughs> um, that's kind of gross. Anyway, yeah, so that was kind of a shit show. But, the whole season was a shit yeah, show. Yeah, so you were yeah. right. I'm looking up the Pelicans. So is the team that Derrick Rose missed. And that's when the team was becoming embarrassed because it was supposed to be the super team. And once the team became like embarrassed and started going downhill, it really went downhill. We lost a ton of games. I think there was a long period when we didn't go back and play at all for a while. Um, or that we didn't play well at all. I don't think we won back-to-back games for the rest of the season. Yeah, I, I, sure. yeah you're right. And then um, February 8th, the Oakley incident, which was embarrassing for everyone. That was the point when the season kind of went downhill beyond no return. Yeah. Um, that was just 
a disaster at the garden. I think I feel like we lost a really close game that night to to the Clippers. Yeah, um, we did. So yeah. And then you have guys like LeBron James tweeted that night, Charles Oakley for president, and it's just made the whole organization look bad, and probably rightfully so. And it's just, it's just a mess. It was just, that season was just hit after hit after hit after hit. It Mm -hmm. just never got better and just got worse and worse and worse and worse yeah um and then at the end and i you have this quote from phil jackson on carmelo anthony at the end of the season practice are we done with the season it was a shit show right can we we can fast forward to the end of the season one one game a couple games i really want to talk about before do you remember um do you remember the philly game gotta get more deep mcconnell McConnell game winner. Yeah. That was a mess. And then the Giannis game winner. And the Giannis. We had we had a lot of killers. We had a lot of killers that year. And then Melo against the Suns. We were like winning this whole game. The Suns come back and like tie it. Mm -hmm. Go up two, I think. And Melo comes down, pulls up, game winner goes halfway down, spins out. And Melo's just like ends up sitting on like the, ta- the, the scores table, table and just like scaring and just like comes over and, and starts laughing and it starts yeah it's just we we lost a lot of rough games especially towards the end of the year where on top of all the chemistry issues and all the drama with the front office it's just you can't mm-hmm. succeed that way but yeah the season ended and you know disappointing year and then at the end the infamous Porzingis skipping his exit meeting. <sighs> yeah, that was that was just a that was something I, I did not need because KP I guess was always my constant. Yeah, you know, he never really said anything bad. You're like at least we he have never, KP. You know, like that was the guy. It was that was always it. It was like KP is going to be a star. He's going to be here for the next 15 years. We always have KP. Yeah, and he was my favorite player at the time. I know he was yours too. Yeah, and. When that happened, I just that kind of took the life out of me. And right, and he said it's not the right moment to comment on anything him. about it. Yeah. I don't want to say anything. Once he asked, once he was asked why he skipped the exam meeting, he's just like, I have nothing to say. But you can't do that, especially when you're what like a th- third year, second year player. Yeah. I mean, he just that was kind of the first warning sign with Chris Dapps because up until then he had kind of just been perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, he had never said anything bad, never done anything like that, and then he just skips his exit interview, and it was just kind of like a level of entitlement. Right. That was unnecessary. And then KP looked like the bad guy and he could have kept looking like the bad guy. But then Phil goes out, tries to trade him, comes very close to trading him. And then in like an interview with MSG is like, KP is a great player, but we have to do what's best for the team. Right. And that was like, wow. wow, wow." And Phil also said about Carmelo Anthony once the season was over. We've not been able to win with him on the court at this time. And I think the direction with our team is that he's a player that we are better off somewhere else and using his talents somewhere else. That, yeah, that, that's a bad. That was bad. And, and, and then and the, the same day, is, Mello posted on Instagram, like really with yeah. laughing emojis. The thing was, I didn't necessarily disagree with Phil um, because I do think by that time, Mello's time was up in New yeah. York. But you're just completely destroying his trade value and the leverage that you have 
by going out and saying, hey, we're going to trade him. And Melo had a no trade clause too. So it was like, we're going to trade him, but we can really only trade him to one of what, two, three teams. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that was a, that was a bad mistake. Like, You're we'll also give being, you, we'll give you whatever. And it kind of just killed the next chances of getting anything valuable. Back. You're also just being a dick to the person who was the only bright spot of your team for that whole decade, pretty much. For like yeah. one of the very few bright spots, I should say. Yeah, and and worked his ass off and never never complained, never said anything bad mm-hmm. about the team, about anything. Was just always there working his tail off. And then Phil just goes out and does this. Mm-hmm. And then, so that happened. Everything kept going. Um, and the KP stuff kind of died down. It was rumored that... Um, Dolan was never gonna, you know, okay a trade um, yeah. of KP, and then so right after the draft, the draft happens. Um, the Knicks pick ninth or eighth that year, I think eighth, and they ended up with um, I that many people compare to to Kawhi Leonard. You know, a guy who's going to be the future of this ball club. He still is the future. The, the best player we've seen. I mean, yeah. Friend. He's one career twenty point game, three seasons in, twenty Shush. and ten. Right, we're not we're not talking about Frank here. Anyway, Phil got fired after the draft. Phil got fired after the draft basically because he said he was. There were rumors coming out. Someone leaked that Phil might wave Mello. Yeah, and then that was like okay, up shoot off. Like, and then you're just like okay, fuck off. And yeah, and you with all the that. Porzingis rumors, he was just like yeah, get out of get out of here. And we were together. Uh, at Syracuse yeah. at basketball camp. we were rooming together at basketball camp. Yeah, and then um, you came and woke me up. He's like, we just fired Phil Jackson. And I was like, are you serious? And then that was a pretty exciting day. But And that was all just, everything seemed possible. You know, everything seemed, we seemed free of everything. I was like, like, no more triangle, no more, you know, like, Hornacek is going to be able to do what he wants now. Everyone's going to be able to do what they want now. KP problems are solved. So everything looked up. Um and then, so, yeah. thus, the Steve, Mill era, Steve Mills era began. And it began with a bang, might I add. You know, mm-hmm. four-year, $72 million contract, Tim Hardaway. That's <laughs> right out you, the that's gate. That's how you start off your time. Yeah. yeah, man. And he almost traded Mello for two pretty terrible contracts. Um, Mills has made some bad moves. We can make a whole podcast talking about things that Mills almost did and things that Mills did do. Yeah. Um, but then we hired Scott Perry, who I thought at the time was going to be great, but I'm not a huge fan of now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then time just kind of went on. You know, we had a pretty mediocre season after that. Started off pretty well. KP was balling, and then KP fell apart towards ACL. And thanks for the next really haven't been the same thing. It was a lot uh, of mediocrity and a lot of being bad. And it was no being fun. Being really bad. Yeah, really bad. And, uh, and then we traded Chris Stapps. And know, then we got Kevin Knox. I think we'll, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think the KP trade and the reason that's relevant to this season, I think a lot of what went into the KP trade happened because of what happened this year. Um, I think Phil kind of, put some wounds in there that never really healed all the way. Um, and that was, that was tough because I think that KP trade in five, 10 years, KP could be like a two time all-star. Mm-hmm. It's still a God awful trade. I yeah. mean, Dennis Smith is terrible. 
is one of the worst players in the NBA. We're going to get too late cat? for... She's laughing. Yeah, She's... I do hear you. I got to get her out. You're capping, man. Hold on one sec. Okay, I'm sorry about that. I'm not my usual setup. I'm just in the regular room with my cat around mm-hmm. here. I got to let her out. Anyway, what were you saying? No, I was just saying that the trade um, of KP, I think a lot of it is relevant to this 2016-17 season because I think, Phil, there were some wounds there that I think never really got repaired. And that's going to go down as one of the worst trades in, in Knicks history. Yeah. One of the worst trades the last five years. Um, you traded a guy who can be a you know three, four-time All-Star, who's already a one-time All-Star, is 24 years old, um, for a guy that is probably going to be out of the league in two or three years. Um, and yeah, I mean, Dennis Smith Jr. was just, just horrible. Yeah. And then you never know what those two first-round picks are going to be, but they're not going to be good first-round picks because Dallas is going to be a playoff team for a and, long time. Yeah, and I, I think the narrative of the trade would be completely different if we had signed Katie and Kyrie. And I'm not going to sit here and say, although it is my belief that if we, if KD hadn't torn his Achilles, he would be We're not gonna go a there. member of the New York Knicks right now. <laughs> but that trade was based on a hope and a dream. And the reality is we ended up with Julius Randle and, you know, Bobby Portis. Mm-hmm. And because we didn't want to pay KP, I would take KP over Julius Randle and Bobby Portis combination 10 times out of 10, a hundred times out of a hundred. But that's the world we live in, you know, is that, I mean, incompetent management. And I'm so, kind of excited about Leon Rose, like not really. It's hard to get excited know. after everything that's happened with Phil Mills. Yeah. You just, you don't want to get your hopes up because we've gotten our hopes up many times and it's just not fun to get let down. But if you had to like choose one thing on what went wrong this season, the 2016-2017 season, what made it all go downhill? Like what really sparked it? Roster construction. I honestly just it could don't think chemistry. I was going to say roster construction. It's yeah. just not I just that don't good think it was roster. a roster. Yeah. I think there are a lot of things. I think you got a lot of injury prone players together one there wasn't enough shooting, three-point shooting, really. I also think that defensively, this is just a roster that oh, was not horrible fit. defensively. Because Rose is a terrible defender. Mello, when he plays the three, is a bad defender. You could argue that he's just a bad defender. Joakim Noah was washed. You know, Porzingis was turning into a good rim protector. But he has a tough time defending. Out on KP the perimeter. Was playing power forward, he has a really hard time guarding you know stretch fours because like you think about the guys that you know play power forward it's like the kds the lebrons like even a guy like randall could kill kp yeah and you look at this lineup and our best perimeter defenders are either justin holiday or lance thomas and courtney lee yeah yeah and courtney lee was always kind of an average defender i thought yeah he was he was pretty average i think he was billed as better than he was um than he actually was i also think Noah not being the defender that he's been in the past was was big. I think we relied on him when we signed him to really be a great defender down there, and he was not that. Because um, Noah was a guy who you think about it two years ago, at that point was like fourth in MVP voting and was the defensive player of the year. So I think we expected a lot out of him that we didn't get. But yeah, terrible roster construction, terrible perimeter defense, yeah. um, and defense killed us that whole year. But yeah. Yeah, looking back, what about you? yeah, I think the roster construction was bad. The defense was bad all year. 
And I think the chemistry issues really fell down. I, th- I think if Phil wasn't there and we weren't running the triangle and there was never any triangle drama, we could have been a legit team. I don't know how far we would have gone, but I think we could be like a 7-8 seed. You also, I think, a problem was we got just too many big personalities in a room together. Right. I you mean, know, you got... You have... Phil was always too big a personality. Mm-hmm. Um, Derek Rose. And Mello. Mello. And, and then Porzingis. And Noah. Obviously had Brandon some ego. Jennings yeah. Has me blocked on Instagram. He still has you blocked. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Forgot about work. that. <laughs> but yeah, if like... But looking back on this season, it's weird because... I haven't had such a roller coaster season with a team ever, I think. Just like the, the yeah, excitement and then the extreme letdown and then it all being blown up in one year. Right. But it, of course it went that way. Yeah. I mean, of course it did. In our short lives, yeah. this was probably my most disappointing season of a team that I can remember. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Just the hopes I had. and Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. That was us going back, looking at this 2016-17 season. Um, like we said at the beginning of the show, we got this idea from the Knicks wall where they did the 2013 Knicks tape season, which if you're looking for like a little boost during quarantine, that'll actually be fun and you'll remember some good times aside from this team. But yeah, do you got anything you want to say before we wrap it up? Yeah, um, we got the pod with uh Borkanov coming up on wednesday um so we'll probably tweet something out if you guys have any questions for him i'm mm-hmm. sure i personally have a, I have a lot of questions, questions yeah him. um this is a really unique opportunity for us um so we're very excited about that um so yeah if you made it to the end be sure to tune in um mm-hmm. wednesday night or thursday morning whenever that comes out johnny and i have a lot of homework and stuff to yeah, do Yeah, a lot of work man. um so we'll see but um yeah, um, my plug for that. Follow us on Twitter, Nick's Rewind Pod. Um, Follow our personals too. I'm at Johnny underscore Curve, and you're at Owen Smith NYK. Owen Smith NYK. Yeah. Um, but exactly. yeah. All right, guys. Enjoy the week, and hopefully, we'll see you Wednesday. See you. All right.